0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: I'll we'll pre record on my count. Seven,
0: six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle
2: Hour. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hours, like old times today. Bob Kelly and Michael Morgans in the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Uh, supposed to be on the road today at Sully's. We apologize to our friends down there. Had some technical issues that prevented that. New gear coming in uh, tomorrow, though, which will allow us to go to 4th Street Bar and Grill, and we will reschedule Sully's. Just as soon as we possibly can. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's barbecue pit, a proud supporter of this show and Southern Miss athletics. It's the holiday season. Dickie's is catering the holidays. Not too late to get your Thanksgiving meal catered by Dickie's. They've got the full course uh, meal, including desserts, uh, meat, vegetables, uh, everything you could want for Thanksgiving. Uh, You can also order a smoked turkey, a Cajun turkey, or a spiral ham from our friend at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. But put your orders in now, Kelly Sanner.
1: And I understand the only difference between the smoked turkey and the Cajun turkey is that when the Cajun turkey comes out of the oven, it says, go Tigers. Yeah,
2: I think it, it does. It does do that. As you pull the giblet out, it goes, go
1: Tigers. Go Tigers.
2: Yeah, that's right. All right. Brian Wagner is a former baseball player with the Golden Eagles, who is now with the SBG Baseball Group. We're going to be talking to him a little later in the show about travel ball. That's always uh, an interesting subject. But first, we want to start out Thursday like we like to do every Thursday. We're going to go down to the Gulf Coast. Our buddy Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald joins us. And, Professor, let me be the first to say Happy Thanksgiving to you. Same to y'all. All right, lots to talk to you about, Professor. Let's start with something that we know is going to happen this year for the Golden Eagles. They're going to go to a bowl. Let's go down the list of, of where you see, and I know you put an article out about that this week, but where you see at this point the bowl-eligible Conference USA teams landing.
3: Sure. Uh, the, I guess we can start with the Bahamas Bowl. And, and the Florida Atlantic, I think they're going to come up short in the, the East Division. I think Bahamas probably makes some sense for them. Uh, as far as – see here, I'm doing a little math. Frisco, I think Marshall – uh, probably goes there there's also a decent chance they end up in the game in Tampa. Uh, but I, I, I'm looking at potential Marshall-UCF game in Frisco, and that would be an attractive game uh, for a team that's probably going to win the East Division. Uh, Marshall coming in, probably one of the stronger bowl teams, along with Tech and Southern Miss. Uh, I see, right now I see Louisiana Tech uh, playing in that first responder bowl, and I think they'll be there for sure as long as there's a, a Big 12 opponent Uh, The conference and and Tech may rethink that if if they have to fill that slot with uh, just like a fill-in like a MAC team or something like that. Uh, In the New Orleans Bowl, I I still have Southern Miss there for now, and that may change if they end up winning the West Division. Uh, There may be some shuffling, but to me it just makes a lot of sense for Southern Miss to be in the New Orleans Bowl and Louisiana Tech to be in one of the Dallas area bowls. Uh, In the Independence Bowl, I think the Conference USA is going to fill that one to me, it makes a lot of sense for Western Kentucky, probably going to be uh, at least a seven-win team. I think they may go there and maybe play an ACC team like uh, like Southern Miss did a couple of years ago against uh, maybe Florida State or North Carolina. And then uh, trying to do uh, the, the – I'm missing. So the um, Charlotte and – uh, I've got them in the New Mexico Bowl. They should get the six win, and I think they're going to get in and I'm trying to run down the team. What, ball, what, what team am I missing? I don't have the list here in front of me.
2: Uh, well, let's see. We'd have Florida Atlantic, uh, Western Kentucky. Is international? UAB. 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 UAB.
3: Yeah, UAB. I got them in the uh, St. Pete game maybe playing a team like SMU. The Americans going to have a lot of good uh, 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 teams to really fill out bowl slots this year. So I think there may be a a, a, a one-loss team like SMU very well can open could end up in St. Pete, mm-hmm.
1: uh, Patrick. I want to ask you about the AAC. Well, you brought that up. I don't. The last time I got to talk to Jeremy McLean, the athletic director at Southern Miss, albeit in a very informal setting, I distinctly got the impression, and I am taking the responsibility. He didn't say anything directly. I just got the impression that that AAC idea of Southern Miss maybe winding up there is not completely dead. Your thoughts?
3: No, I mean, I think there are some schools in the conference that, that, that would be perfectly fine with the idea of, of Southern Miss joining the conference. I think you would point to an East Carolina uh, probably would like the idea, maybe a Tulsa or a, even a Tulane. It depends on where the administration stands at that point uh, at Tulane. But uh, it, it, the problem with this is the American has shown a, a, a habit of, of bringing in uh, you know, smaller, smaller private schools that are in large markets, uh, with a fairly large endowment, that hasn't really worked out with the uh, Tulsa. Uh, I think they've been a bit of a flop in the American. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think it's completely dead. I, I just it just still seems you know a little bit uphill, a little bit unlikely.
1: And I have to fill in a couple blanks there because when I brought up the idea of maybe a consolidation of Conference USA and the Sun Belt as opposed to the AAC. He just, again, my reading body language, he just seemed to perk up a lot more when the when the topic of the AAC came up rather than a, a combination of the Sun Belt or some type of combination between the Sun Belt and Conference USA. So I was just wanted to get your, your slant on it for sure.
3: Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think whenever it comes to consolidation, I think uh, Conference USA is a little too prideful and the Sun Belt's maybe a little stubborn in their own right. Uh, i mean that a lot they have to get a lot of people on board to make something like that happen even though it makes a lot of sense uh it's just one of those things that would be really hard to do
2: all right patrick let's go back to the bowls for a minute you seem you seem pretty sure that the uh, the golden eagles is going to end up in new orleans uh app state mm-hmm. still seem to be the top possible opponent
3: yeah the it's pretty much guaranteed that the sunbelt champion is going to end up in the New Orleans Bowl, and right now that looks like it's going to be App State, even though Louisiana Lafayette uh, had a pretty good season. Uh, I think, you know, it's just hard to deny App State at this point. That one loss against Georgia Southern is the only loss in the schedule, and they've beaten South Carolina and North Carolina. Uh, so, I, you know, I think that would be a really attractive opponent, and probably the best team that that Southern Miss has ever played in that New Orleans Bowl. Uh, they would, I think Southern Miss would certainly be the, the underdog, but, you know, Southern Miss fans typically travel there. Maybe they can make make it a bit of a home field
1: advantage. I, I, I wanted to I wanted to bring up that point if Patrick wasn't going to do it. There's something about New Orleans when when the Eagles used to play Tulane regularly. You'd hear Southern Miss fans all the time say, "I wouldn't mind if we played Tulane in New Orleans every, every year. year." Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a nice yeah. trip.
2: No, it makes for a great weekend trip. No question about that. All right, Patrick. But the Western Division is not out of the picture yet. So. Clarify for our listening audience, if you will, what has to happen at this point for the Eagles to uh, amazingly win the Western Division?
3: Yeah, well, the the door is kind of open here for Southern Miss. Louisiana Tech uh, losing at Marshall last week. Uh, their quarterback, senior quarterback Jamar Smith, has been suspended for two games, and that that began last week at Marshall. So he'll be sitting out this game uh, at UAB. So if if Louisiana Tech loses. To either UAB or UTSA, which I, uh, Louisiana Tech is an underdog at UAB uh, in, in in Southern Miss uh, beats West Kentucky and FAU. Southern Miss would be the West Division champion uh, because that that would pretty much that would wipe out the the head to head that Louisiana Tech has at the moment because they would be just have the better conference mark at that point. And there is the uh, Southern Miss could you know. Uh, uh, win one game and Louisiana Tate loses two games, then Southern Miss will be your West Division champion. There is even the remote possibility that Southern Miss uh, could lose the next two games and still win the West Division if you have a four-way tie of uh, four, five, and three teams in the West Division, and which is highly unlikely, but not, not completely out of the realm of possibility. No, but so I mean, Yeah, there's, two, there's like three different paths to the uh, uh, West Division title, and, I, you know, right now I would say it's probably 50-50 Southern Miss winning the West. But, the, you know, these next two games are not easy ones for Southern Miss.
1: And no. in that last scenario, I think Cory Booker also has to get the Democratic nomination. Yeah. In order for, yeah. In, <laughs> all
2: no, you make a really good point. Uh, my compadre here is convinced the Eagles are going to run the table. And he may be right, and I, I hope that he is. But these are not going to be two easy games, are they, Patrick?
3: No, I mean West Kentucky is a good team, and they've got a lot of confidence. Last time they played a game, they whipped Arkansas on their home field. and you know, Arkansas is not a good team at all, but still, that's you know, it says something about where Western Kentucky is at this point in the season. Uh, they're they're a good team. They're a, a, a strong team defensively. They're balanced on offense. Uh, this is a you know this is a much better team than the uh, uh, UAB team that came in the Hattiesburg uh, a couple of weeks ago. So this is this is not a game at all that Southern Miss can just sleepwalk through. It's it's going. I expect a close game in Hattiesburg. Mm-hmm. And
2: is it fair to say Southern Miss will be the only Mississippi team bowling this year?
3: No, I, I think State's got a pretty good chance. Uh, the, all they have to do is beat Abilene Christian this Saturday. Then they they can win the Egg Bowl and they would be get to six wins. Oh, okay. uh, so okay. I was uh, Mississippi State's got a, a pretty decent shot at being in a bowl game.
1: So
2: Abilene Christian.
1: Yeah, but, but I but it, and again, this is a Southern Miss show, so we don't want to believe. It, but but I would think that if you ask Mississippi State fans, a bowl or not, this is not a, a season that they're going to want to hang their no, hat on. Probably not. All right, Patrick, if you can hang around, we want to talk a little
2: basketball with you in the next segment. Is that sure. Good? All right, yeah. the Professor Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald right here on the Eagle Hour. We're going to talk hoops when we come back. Stay with us. To the top. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Christmas shopping just around the corner. I'm a little confused, guys. I keep hearing about Black Friday weekend. Isn't that the Friday after Thanksgiving?
1: Yeah, but most because Thanksgiving is late this year, it's as late as it can be on the 28th of the month. You know, the retailers don't want to lose those shopping days, yeah, so they're starting a, early.
0: Black Friday sales since 1st November. Yeah. There you go. Well, I'm sure they're having one at Campus Bookmark and
2: CampusBookmark.net. You got a golden eagle on your Christmas shopping list. It's a no-brainer. You got to go to Campus Bookmart. I guarantee it. They're bringing in new stuff every day. Yeah,
1: stocking got, up. They got the long sleeve stuff in now. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah so it's a uh I don't know how many years people in my family have given me Southern Miss stuff for Christmas, and I've always liked it. So there's no better place to go than Campus Bookmark. Michael, in case you want to jot that down, Kelly's a triple X. Triple. Okay. I'm sorry. No, okay. thank you Thank you for the okay. compliment. <laughs> I'm, I'm a
0: double X. <laughs> it's down a size, isn't it? <laughs>
2: Patrick, what size shirt can Michael pick up for you? I'm sure your name's on his list as well. I'll take a large. Large. You got that, Michael? Yeah, I got, got it that. written down?
0: Yeah. All right. And when I get, get a raise, I'll... Be sure to head over to. Uh, don't the- count on that shirt, Patrick.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patrick Hoops, Kelly Sander. You may not know this. is an Iowa State graduate, and I thought mm-hmm. I thought his team treated the Golden Eagles rather rudely, beating them by yeah. almost thirty points. What was what was your observation of that matchup?
3: Yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch it. It was one of those pay deals where you had to subscribe, and but just kind of looking at it and, and just watching some of the highlights and looking at the stats. It looked like you know, Iowa State got a run there late in the first half, and kind of that was that. Jay really went to the bench for the first time this season. He had really only been playing like eight or seven guys through the first uh, a couple of games of the season. And Iowa State, whenever things kind of went south, is, well, I'm finally going to give these other guys a chance to take the court. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I you know, there's reason to be optimistic. I mean, there are some real th- things to really be encouraged about. Uh, especially the the play of Jack Domi in the post uh you know he hasn't dominated every game, but every game he's been productive and uh, scored in double digits and, and, and hit the boards pretty well um uh, it's i I guess the the one point that's kind of a concern is that Ladavius strain has really kind of started out cold. Uh, I watched the North Florida game and he just didn't look like himself so uh Gabe Watson's done pretty well at point guard um, he's not Tyree Griffin. Uh, but yet uh, uh, Konatsik, the, uh, the Estonian, uh, played pretty well here. He had kind of a he had a p- bad game at Iowa State, but otherwise, I've been really impressed by him.
1: Yeah, I, I have as well. You know, and it's certainly the headwind doesn't get any weaker as far as the schedule mm-hmm. goes, because they, they go right from Iowa State to, G mm, Gonzaga. Isn't that special? Yeah.
2: Right. they gonna squeeze Kerry in between you, you. You squeeze William Kerry in between Iowa State and Gonzaga. you got to be kind of careful there, don't you, Patrick? You can't be looking <laughs> ahead.
3: No, I, I hope to. Jay Ladner's looked at the the way things have played out the last three years because uh, Kerry has a couple of wins. Uh, so, yeah, that's the game that Southern Miss is going to have to show up and play well. Uh, I think this is a team that shouldn't have many problems uh, with NAI. just simply because you have Jack Domi in the post. In the past, you know, Sadler really wasn't working with a big guy that could score in double digits at the five. And as long as you have a guy like that, you usually should – uh, beat teams like William Carey or Spring Hill or whoever else is on the schedule. So I expect Southern Miss to handle William Carey pretty well.
1: You know, when you, when you talked about that Iowa State game, though, you guys, because and, and, people would say, well, Iowa State beat them by, you know, 30, whatever, and, and true enough. But, you know, midway through the first half, and I mean, that obviously means there's three other parts of that game. But in the first half of the first half, the Cyclones, it was 14-14, to 14, you know, Southern Miss with yeah. the Iowa uh, State. So So they've shown – You know, they've shown that they can play, but what we've talked about from day one about the lack of depth, you know, reared its ugly head there, you know, in in the second half. Right. All right, Patrick, fill in the blank on this sentence.
2: The Golden Eagles have to blank to beat Gonzaga.
3: (laughs) Uh, they they better find a whole new roster before sorry i't know i mean that's just that's the, just impossible dream i i mean they have to go out and ladavius drain has to hit like ten three pointers and and uh and J. has to score about twenty five and grab fifteen rebounds i mean it's it's just gonna have to be one of those games where everything goes their way and like i said La, ladavius drain suddenly gets hot because he's been ice cold i know he's playing a different role this year and i think he's kind of uh, still feeling his way through that, and he just has not shot the ball well at all, and just looks a little bit out of sorts at times. Uh, he'll be fine at some point, if, 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 you know. If he gets going against Gonzaga, maybe they can hang with him for a little bit.
1: And you all have to, you all have to remember too. This is not a scenario that Jay Ladner is not used to. Huh. I mean, when he was at Southeastern, you know, they played a lot of those money games against TCU and Texas A and M and Texas, you know, and would get would get drubbed when he had Southeastern uh, Louisiana in the Southland. But then when it came. Conference play time. He he'd use all those that's money right. games. This doesn't matter. Yeah, to find his chemistry and find right. you know what's going to work best. And then when they got into the games that count, the conference games. You know they they played well. So that's that's kind of what I'm looking for and hoping for.
2: I think what Patrick is saying is that the Eagles have as much chance of beating Gonzaga as the Bengals do winning a game.
1: I'd say that's about right. <laughs> when, when, when you said fill in the blank, I thought we were playing match game. I was waiting for Brett Summers and Charles uh, Nelson Riley to right. come through with. Would an you answer. agree with that, right, Professor? <laughs> the,
2: the, these games are to get you better for to get you better for uh, conference play and uh, and to let your kids play against really the best in the country. Uh, to say they did that, you know, to say I, I played basketball against Gonzaga—that's something every basketball yeah. player would like to do.
3: Yeah, I mean, they haven't had as many games like this on the schedule if you look look back over the last 6 to 7 years. So I I'm kind of encouraged to see uh, you know, Sadler really tried to schedule tough and then uh Ladner was able to fill in a couple of spots. I mean, at this point, I mean, you had a chance to beat South Alabama, and if you play a little bit of, uh, better at North Florida, those are potential wins. I mean, Iowa State just, you know, that was a that that was a tall ask for them to really compete with those guys up there. So Southern Miss isn't that far away from being a solid basketball team, but uh, they just have to learn how to close out games and and figure out a way to get LaDavia's strain going.
2: Right. Now I'm going to switch gears for a minute, Patrick, and ask you something that uh, when when we corresponded earlier I I didn't bring up. But I I noticed the other day, I saw an article that uh, was some indication that Mississippi State baseball – had scheduled a couple of games on the Gulf Coast, and they were going to play, I mm-hmm. want to say, southeast Louisiana. I can't remember exactly who they were playing. I'm I'm perplexed as to why Southern Miss isn't playing two or three games a year down in that beautiful stadium.
3: Well, a part of it is, uh, the you know, I I, I mean, I I'm, that's something I meant to look in, and then when it gets to football season, you get completely distracted from right. it. But I, for Southern Miss, it's been a matter of it's, it's just not been very – a profitable situation for them to come down here. In other words, the the, the dollar figure they have to pay just to set up the the, the game and, and and meet the financial requirements just hasn't been worth their a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, now maybe some things have changed on that end. I'm not sure. Uh, like you point out, states I think it's back to back days they play in Biloxi. Mm-hmm. Uh They've got uh, I, I forget the opponents as well. I think Nichols might be one of those teams. Right. Uh, but maybe doing the kind of back to back games mm-hmm. and. Uh, maybe they've got some kind of special deal. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think Southern Miss should play at least one game on the coast in midweek. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it should happen. But I, I know Southern Miss would like to, but they also want it to be a financially feasible deal.
1: That kind makes sense. You know, we talked about the, in women's basketball that Ole Miss is no longer going to play Southern Miss. And we have some late-breaking news that Ole Miss is going to fill that spot in women's basketball with UConn. I'm doubting that. Not the University of Uh, Connecticut. right? UConn in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Like, way up north. Yeah, Patrick, uh, Coach McDallas revealed
2: to us this week on the show that uh, the Ole Miss coach had informed her earlier in the year that they were done playing Southern Miss. And I'm not going to ask you to talk about women's basketball, but Mm -hmm. do you have any thoughts as to why Ole Miss continues to be so reluctant to have any – competitive games other than baseball with Southern Miss.
1: When state. When
2: Mississippi State. Yeah. Now well, it's playing them and everything.
3: Right. Like, I mean, I kind of roll my eyes about it. But but Ole Miss views itself as almost like a regional school. In other words, they think they reach into, you know, Tennessee and Arkansas and even into, you know, parts of Georgia. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. I don't know. I mean, they think. Playing Southern Miss is almost not even on their map. You know, uh, South Mississippi isn't a huge priority for Ole Miss, even though you know you've got a Gulfport guy as your head coach, and, and uh, Kermit Davis is from Leakesville. Uh, it's you know I don't I don't under you know I don't really appreciate what how Ole Miss handles this. I mean I think it hurts their brand within the state to to just not even acknowledge Southern Miss. I mean it's a, it's a Mississippi it is a state school. In Mississippi, and I, you know, I don't get it. I'm not saying they have to play Southern Miss in every sport every year, uh, but they should, you know, off and on, maybe every other year, every third year, in in, in whenever it comes to basketball, and you know, football is just. It almost seems impossible for it to happen now. No, that'll never happen. Uh, you would, yeah, I, I, it's just got to be a goal for for basketball and men's and the women's, I mean, credit to Bianco for playing Southern Miss right. In baseball.
2: Right. Absolutely. 100% so, on that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
3: but I mean, in these other sports, they should be playing each other consistently and should be playing in football at least every fourth year.
1: But what should be noted about Bianco's attitude, though, is that he doesn't look at it like he's doing Southern Miss any favors. He right. looks at it like Southern Miss is a legitimate, oh. viable national program, and we should be playing them. He says it. Yeah, right. he says his mind. Right. All right, Patrick, we always appreciate our
2: conversations with you. We'll get in touch with you. I know next Thursday's Thanksgiving. We'll try to figure out a way to get you on uh, one day uh, before Thanksgiving because we always enjoy our conversations. Okay. All right, sounds good. Patrick McGee, everybody, the one and only professor from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Brian Wagner's next. Stay with us.
0: The Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. This segment of the Eagle
1: Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill right over the Highway 49 Bridge on 4th Street within shouting distance from M.M. Roberts Stadium. We'll be pre-gaming tomorrow at 4th Street Bar and Grill, home of the 895 lunch that includes drink and uh, lunch specials every day. Uh, A lot of Southern Miss fans gather on Friday afternoon before home game, which is where we'll be originating the program tomorrow from 1 to 2 o'clock. Catfish, Mike. Catfish
0: Friday. Catfish you know. Friday, yeah. Mike. you going with us? Uh, I would oh, love to. Yeah, yeah, my daughter's got you a Thanksgiving can't. lunch. Yeah. Yeah, that's a priority. I understand that.
1: Brian Wagner joins us now on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline. The former Southern Miss catcher who is now who is now an executive with the Snow Peck Baseball Group, which has teams and facilities all over the state of Mississippi, and one coming now to the Hattiesburg area. Brian, welcome to the program, a former Southern Miss catcher. How does a guy from Lodi, California, get to Hattiesburg?
4: <laughs> well, first of all, Kelly, thanks for having me uh, this afternoon. Appreciate the opportunity. Um, so, well, yeah, like you say, uh, Southern Miss catcher uh, back in 1998, so it's been a while. Uh, I don't like talking about that too much because it makes me feel old. But um, <laughs> twenty years, man, I, twenty uh, years—that's <laughs> right. I know. Um, it's uh, shoot. I've been in Hattiesburg longer than I, I, I was in uh, in Lodi. So um, this is home now. Uh, everybody's always made me feel like it was even from day one. So, uh, but was at Cal State Northridge playing baseball. Had a had a great time there. They, they dropped their program. And uh, long story short, wound up here. Um, met my wife and. Um, man couldn't ask for anything more been very blessed for sure
1: now lodi is what C- creedence killerwater C- revival sang I was, about i was wondering that yeah
4: that's uh, that's what they say you know the the, the story that that i, that I was always uh, told was that the bus broke down on a on a tour and that's where they were so
1: oh um, lord I'm that's stuck right. in the low die again. Uh, okay, Kelly. Oh, you know. Okay. <clears throat> sorry, sorry BMI, about that, Brian. Kelly. No, Thank sorry, you. Well, okay. oh, that's right. that's yeah. right. That's patented. He's, he's been drinking, Brian. We're sorry. <laughs> all right, so Brian, you're in California, which in, it's been in all the papers how cultures are a little bit different in California and Mississippi. Um tell us about making the adjustment, you know, from from the big state to the deep south.
4: Oh gosh. Like I say, I mean, that's been 20 years ago and um you know, I was so busy playing baseball at the time. And, and, you know, a college kid, you don't have, you don't have a whole lot of time to think about real life. You know, you just, you just playing ball and having a good time going to class. And, um, you know, fortunately for me, I was, I was brought up by great parents and uh had an older brother and younger brother. And, um, you know, we all challenged each other to get better. And, um, you know, I followed my older brother's lead and the younger brother followed my lead. We all played ball and, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, California is a great place. Uh, I have no plans to move back anytime soon. Um, uh, my roots are planted here now. And, uh, you know, we go back and visit mom and dad, and my brothers and sister-in-law and nieces. And uh, But uh, this is where we are. And, you know, Hattiesburg is a great, great community uh, with Petal and Purvis and Columbia and summer all in seminary and everywhere else it's you know right here i mean great people uh great environment and uh you know talking about being being a ball player couldn't have come into a better situation with coach palmer taking over as his first year as head coach at southern miss and uh you know a guy that challenges you every day and um you know love him or hate him as a as a coach as a man you know i'm sure people have their different opinions but uh I'd step in front of a bus for him today if that's what I need to do.
2: So, now, Brian, here's uh, the truth of the matter, though. You, The same thing happened to you that happened to our producer here and our operations manager, Michael Merkins. You yeah. came to South Mississippi, and you met a Southern belle, and you fell in love, and then nothing was ever the same thereafter. Am I correct about that?
4: That, that's that. That's
1: mostly the truth. Yes. Um, <laughs> good, good answer. So, five yeah. weeks before Christmas. Yeah.
4: That, uh, it, look, the the Lord's the Lord definitely uh, guided this path for sure, and uh, I don't know where I'd be today without my wife Kelly, right. and um, mm-hmm. you know she's. She's a, the rock and soul of our, our family, and uh, we do our best to lead our kids and, and guide them in the in the direction that the Lord wants us to go in. Now, sure.
2: look, before we run out of time, I want to ask you this question. Uh, yes, sir. Kelly, correct me. I, I, I've forgotten the name of the the gentleman that was the Louisiana Lafayette coach that passed away this year.
1: Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, Robichaux. Tony Robichaux. Coach Robichaux.
2: Brian has yeah. been on our show a few times before his unfortunate yes, passing, and... Never before did we have a more colorful interview than we asked when we asked Coach Robichaux about travel baseball. Sure. He lit up, and I don't mean yeah. in a positive manner. I he, understand. He didn't like it a bit. Yeah. Now, you're you're kind of in that business. So explain for our listeners why coaches like Coach Robichaux and others that we've talked to have such a love-hate relationship about travel baseball?
4: So I think uh, the, the, the perfect – I don't know if it's the perfect answer, but uh, the, the the way I look at it is that, you know, there's it, – it's kind of a necessary evil. Um, you know, I grew up playing probably like you guys did, rec league, dad's coaching. You know, parents drop off, go to the grocery store, come back, boom, you go home, do homework, eat as a family and go to bed. Um you know, people say the game has changed. I say we have changed because all of what I just said has changed, um, and I think that's where guys like Coach Robichaud and and even myself at times are like, "My goodness, why can't we just have it the way it was?" Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, let me just say this: with uh, with that said, um, the, the you know P three hundred and sixty and socks, uh, the SPG socks organization, um, man, it, it, things are done to a T Um, you know coach Robichaux and and those guys really have that love hate relationship just because I think arms are abused a lot of times Um, uh, I was talking to a a medical provider yesterday who did uh, did some surgery on my left hand uh, did some surgery a few weeks ago on my right hand and uh, it's just it you know arms only have so many bullets in them and when you start talking about select or travel sports in general um, I think we lose some athleticism. Uh, you know, we're not playing basketball. We're not playing football. We're not running track. We're sports specific, um, and, and you lose some of that athleticism. And you're just abusing uh, one part of your body, um, you know, being your arm. So, what we really try to do with, you know, within the SPG Sox organization, Chris Nopek, uh founded the organization about 12 years ago, and you know, it was one 8U team that started, and now there's, my goodness, there's been 60 national championships, one, you know, two, two, one PBR national championship, Grand Slam World Series championship, so, you know, there's teams all over the place, Um, you know, 20 teams out of Jackson, you know, we've got We've got a, you know, a handful here, um, and things are growing rapidly uh, around us and in other spots as well, um, some things I can't go into detail on. But, uh, you know, we, we try to set it up to where it's very fundamentally sound, um, you know, all using the mission statement of, you know, creating positive, you know, highly competitive kids, um, all at the same time trying to honor what God wants us to do and developing good fundamentals in these boys so that they become good young men.
1: You know what? You know what um, I find very interesting though is these coaches, and I'm not I'm not criticizing Coach Robichaud, rest his soul. I understand sure. the love hate relationship, but a lot of these college coaches who are they going, Who are they recruiting? They're there at right. those tournaments. That's right. right. They're recruiting these right. very kids. There's no question about so, that. So I don't understand yeah. so, how, how you can be so critical when these are the kids that you're recruiting.
4: Yeah. yeah, I think some of that, guys, is is the fact that um, they see some of the damage, the physical damage is being done. Now, on the flip side, hey, they're looking for a kid that's ready to play right now. And when our kids come through the youth program and then get into the showcase program, which is grade-level specific for high school age groups, it really provides those guys, whether it's a low-level junior college or, a, or an elite uh, Division one program, it provides it, it really lets these kids define who they are and showcase, hey, this is who this is what I can provide. And you know the coaches, look with limited budgets um, for for the most part and, and time frames, they can pick up the phone and call myself. They can call Chris. Uh, they can call people who you know who we use uh, outside of that to help us find players and, and you know give us insight on people. And, you know, uh, instantly they can say, all right, that's somebody I'm going to go watch. Rather than sending a, you know, a a young grad assistant out on the road for for a week at a time, just bouncing around trying to find somebody, they can specifically go look at a handful or a dozen guys and go, all right, these are legit players. We're going to follow them moving forward.
1: It's pretty cool, though, Brian, that even after your playing career, you still get to be in the game. Just being used in a different way.
4: Absolutely, you know. Uh, it, it's funny. Um, I was talking to my older brother the other day, and like I say, I've been out of the game for a while. And he and I were talking, and you know, uh, he was congratulating me on the opportunity, and um, you know, he. Uh, I just said, you know, I was just so mad at it for so long. You know, I didn't. I don't think we ever leave the game um, on your own terms. That's kind. Of, you know, few and far between. Um, you know, you either get hurt or you get too old and, you know, you get cut or you get released and not re-signed or, so, you know, it's it's really, really nice to be able to have a group like uh, P360 and uh, the SPG Sox uh, baseball side of it to say, hey, we recognize what you've done, um, uh, you know, at the 59 baseball facility and, Take me in as the director of operations for the Hattiesburg location now, okay. and, and doing some other things so that we can, uh, you know, we can yep. really grow this and provide a spot for kids. Brian, so, thanks for really, your time. Really nice to be back. Thanks,
1: buddy. Thanks for your time. We got to run. Okay. Hey, thanks, Kelly. I appreciate y'all. Brian Wagner, day. former Southern Miss Eagle baseball catcher, back with more in a moment.
0: Southern Miss to the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: I want to thank Brian Wagner for joining us in the third segment of today's show. Patrick McGee, the professor in the first two segments. Fourth segment, sponsored by Gulfport Home Center. Our buddies down on the Gulf Coast have got the home for you if you're in the market for a new home, maybe a second home, maybe a weekend lake house. They've got it at the Gulfport Home Center. They can help you with the financing, with the selection, with the location, and with the setup, so if you are in that market, don't do anything until you take the short drive down to Gulfport. Visit our friends at Gulfport Home Center. Back on the road tomorrow, we'll be at Fourth Street Bar and Grill. Let me start over. Fourth Street Bar and Grill, and uh, we'll be pre-tailgating, of course, uh, for the Southern Miss home game. Uh, Slade White, the owner of Fourth Street, will be joining us, of course, and Katie Newman. Katie Newman is a trainer from Anatomies, uh, really special young lady. And she is preparing a very special holiday fitness program for my man Kelly Sander here. So we'll be sharing that with Kelly before.
0: as long as it count. As long as it includes fitness piece of pizza in my mouth. I'm yeah, gonna... <laughs> I, I hope she's not putting too much effort into it because I don't think it's ever going to get used. He's actually Michael. Believe this or not, he's a member of Anatomies. So I've heard. Yeah. So am I.
1: Yeah. Well, I was actually there, you know, one time on some other matters, and one of my buddies was, "What were you doing at anatomy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> at anatomies, you know."
2: So you're receptive to this tomorrow, right? You're 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 open. Oh, to he'll this.
0: receive it. He just yeah. won't.
2: He just won't follow up yeah. with
1: it. As long as Katie's going to be the Katie's cool, you yeah. know, we can yeah. hang out. So whatever right. she has to say,
2: Katie Numa, and she's going to also do pics with us. And and, and it's always fun. You know, last year, Michael, you may remember she picked Rice to beat LSU. Yeah. In football, not in a debate.
1: (laughs) Well, hey, you know, it could happen. I'm thinking not. Not this year. I
2: think it's like when you told that to Stump yesterday. We had Stump on yesterday, Michael, and Mm -hmm. we played the famous – missed field goal in the All-American Bowl. And
0: Which, honestly, that's the only audio we can I, find I that exists. Stump don't we've, believe it. He yeah, told yeah, us that looked. yesterday.
2: Stump's not buying it. But, uh, and Kelly said, Stump, we're going to keep playing this until you make it.
0: <laughs> Get it right.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> not going to happen, Kelly, is what he said. Right. All right, fellas, here we are this weekend. A big weekend, Conference USA, Western Kentucky, of course, here in town. North Texas is at Rice. That's going to be on the NFL Network. Louisiana Tech at UAB. Marshall at Charlotte utep at new mexico state isn't that who old miss just played i think so yeah old Dominion at middle tennessee on espn three florida atlantic at texas san antonio miami at florida international on cbs sports network the game that southern miss fans will have their eyes on of course uh will be the louisiana tech uab contest and uh and guys, I got to tell you, I, I think it says a lot about the coach at Louisiana Tech that he would suspend his starting quarterback to uphold the principles of his program. Mm-hmm. But boy, it could be costly, Michael, with, without yeah. him. I mean, I
0: I have to believe UAB was going to win the game. Or is there something we don't know that he knows that he's got lined up?
1: But I think the the point is well made that nobody is above the law, Never at right. least with uh, with. <clears throat> Coach Holtz there and well, you if, got to
0: admire the fact that he yeah, did that. At this but this point in the season considering what's on the line, that's Yeah.
1: But it certainly sends a very loud message to the rest of the team that if the starting quarterback in the thick of a conference race can be suspended, so can I. Yeah. No. I,
2: so. I, I think that's 100% right. Most disappointing team in the league this year playing at Rice Rice finally got a, a win last They week.
1: sure did. Good for the Owls. Yeah, they did. You know?
2: they played really hard all year. North Texas uh, at Rice. Uh, And, of course, then Western Kentucky comes to Southern Miss. And, Kelly, I know you're very optimistic about it. I'm concerned. I'm going to be honest. I think uh, Western Kentucky is going to be the biggest challenge the Golden Eagles have faced at home this year.
1: Probably this year, but I think Southern Miss is playing its best football right now. Mm -hmm. They've put two really good games together. Uh, Defensively, they're peaking now, which we always thought the defense was going to have to do the heavy lifting this year. Doing that now, pretty healthy. Telling you the cards, the cards, the moon, everything lining up just right here for UAB to take care of business and the Eagles. Then it then it's all in the Eagles' court. And right. again, I wasn't really expecting great things until next year with the maturation of some of these guys that Coach Hobson and his staff have recruited. But I just think it's been a great season. I really do. All
2: right, we're at the Fourth Street Barn Grill tomorrow. I Want to remind everybody too, we'll be doing the last Veterans Tailgate behind Southern Hall. Saturday uh, afternoon, uh, along with uh, Keith Co, Keith Superstores, Papa John's Pizza, and Hooters, had an incredible, incredible turnout at the at the last event, and hope that uh, hope that everybody will be there Saturday afternoon. And and our man here, Mike,
1: our man is on stage tomorrow night. Friday That's, night at Sidelines.
0: Which Sidelines is kind of
1: the sister restaurant to 4th Street Barn Grill. Right. right. So.
0: What, what can you tell us about that, Michael? You're entertaining tomorrow night. Yeah, my band, Gypsy Rose, 9 o'clock. Is, it off.
1: Of the repertoire of Gypsy Rose, Michael, what is your least favorite
0: song to play oh, and why? S- well, none of the guys in the band listen to this show. It's okay. Uh, Actually... It doesn't mean you're not going to put out a great performance. It just well, means it's your, le- well, right, your least we, favorite. We won't play it tomorrow night, but we have like a, a lighter set, depending on the venue, and uh, Hotel California's in there, and I, I don't like the Eagles at all. I play it. I don't really like the Eagles either. Yeah, I'm not oh, big, thank goodness. Do you do any... Because bear- I get lambasted whenever I say hey, that Your favorite song is... Uh, right now... Weekends in New England by Barry Manilow. Yes, that's it. <laughs> Actually, and Mandy. It's a it's a tie between the two. <laughs> right now, we're doing Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue, and that's I'm having fun playing that. All right, Michael Morgan's nice. and Gypsy Rose tomorrow night at uh, 9. Yes. Past our bedtime, but for you younger listeners. It's past mine, too.
2: At Sidelines in Hattiesburg, Eagle Hour at 4th Street Bar and Grill, and the Eagle Hour will be on the campus behind Southern Hall on Saturday. We're having fun, man. We are. Until tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Southern Miss. To To the the top.